This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. As you've got more and more people that can't afford a home, so they're renting long term, and because of their renting long term, they're looking for water filtration. I think we're gonna see that trend change uh, in that market space. And I think those individuals are looking for education on how they can, they can protect their young family. That's Shannon Murphy of Aquamore talking about trends from the WQA Consumer Opinion Study. And welcome to WQA Radio, the weekly podcast of the Water Quality Association, promoting better water quality around the world. This is episode number 331, and if you're joining us for the first time or perhaps new to the industry, welcome. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to share the podcast with someone on your team. Team, perhaps even a friend or a new associate. And we are publishing this on August 9th of 2023. Find us at wqa.org, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and X. And in this episode, we're going to offer part two of our discussion about the 2023 WQA Consumer Opinion Study which tracks, as you may very well know, consumer awareness and an understanding of water quality issues and treatment solutions. We'll take you back to the WQA convention in Las Vegas for a panel discussion with Shannon Murphy, Vice President for Development and Compliance at Aquamore LLC, Doug Raymer, President of Martin Water Conditioning, and Neil White, Sales Director for North America with Watts Water Technology. WQA Chief Executive Officer Paulion Dusser is the moderator for the discussion. Later, we'll have our Motivational Minute and WQA Tip. Now on to the Consumer Opinion Study on WQA Radio. There's definitely a lot of concerns out there, and I hear also this, are they knowledgeable or are they not knowledgeable? So as an industry, how do we deal with that? Um, So maybe we could start on this side. Neil, how do you think as an industry we deal with that? Right, well I think a lot of that rests with the folks here in the audience, right? I think the, the, the dealer community, the water treatment community is, you know, that's, our proactive nature of, of getting in front of consumers to, to point to technologies that address the concerns is, I, I think, part of that. And I think a lot is being aided by, as Shannon said, a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the halo effect of the news stories of Flint, Michigan, and the, sort of the growing concern with PFAS that we spent a lot of time talking about this week. Okay. Doug. So we're the professionals, right? In the water business, we're the professionals, and we're supposed to know. As professionals, you have the answers. And if we don't know, how, how can we be professional? As I was here on Monday for the, the PFA, PFAS symposium, and it, was, it, it took our understanding from here to here. We may not be where we need it. There's a lot of aloofness around PF, PFAS, right? We don't know a lot. There's a lot we don't know. But it's the, it's the continuing to build awareness 
as leaders, but then going back home and telling everybody, teaching everyone in, the, in our organizations, here's what it is. Here's what we're dealing with. Here's, here's the knowns, the unknowns, Here, and, and just simply educating ourselves because when the consumer calls us, the dealer, they expect us to have the answers. And they're going to they're ask our installer who's installing a system. They're going to ask them questions that they ask the, the salesperson. So everyone needs to be educated around the issues. And, and the latest, and I'm going to call it the latest and greatest issue that we don't know a lot about is PFAS. And so as professionals, we must know. So uh, plug in for WQA, bring your people, teach them. Thanks, Shannon. I think um, in dealing with individual users, the end users, and dealing with retail, some of the big box, I'm one of those individuals that goes on a Saturday and sits in the water filtration line and just listens to people agonize over a decision. I think that there's so much information that is out there, but people are just trying to get the right answer to, to do the right thing for their family. The one piece that I want to make sure we bring to the table here is that as we do this, as we, we go through and we educate uh, the consumers, the homeowners, is the ethics of doing that across the country because we are really one body. And stories that get out from Florida make its way over to California. And we need to make sure that as, as a unity of WQA and us, the, the water industry, that we drive education ethic, ethically, um, and that we, we have one voice so that we're all driving that same message out on what is available and what our products can and can't do. I could, couldn't agree more, Shannon. That's, that's exactly how we look at it uh, in, in our business and what we talk to our people about and talk to our dealers about is if we're going to be in this business, we have to do it right, and the, the ethics is, uh, is, is tantamount to that. And I think that people are hungry for the information. Um, one of the statistics, I know this is a little off, but one of the stats is uh, the number of folks that don't have filtration because they're in a rental. And I think that's going to change significantly over time as you've got more and more people that can't afford a home, so they're renting long term. And because of their renting long term, they're looking for water filtration. I think we're going to see that trend change. Uh, in that market space, and I think those individuals are looking for education on how they can they can protect their young family. And Paulie, I would also add that it's a chance for us to unite, not tear each other apart. And it's oh, it's the you know it's the municipal supply, central treatment, or it's dealers. It, it's never okay to to talk negatively about another part of it. We're all in this together. We, we need each other to, to solve the problem, and together we can. And so I think it's a great opportunity to, to bring, bring everyone together, not tear each other apart in the process of, of some of these new emerging contaminants. It's not, it's not municipals. Municip the municipalities have a problem. To, to how do we deal with this? Certainly. But it's not, our, it's not our responsibility to point fingers and say they're not doing their job. Uh, it's so much more complex than that. It's our chance to build rather than tear apart. So actually to piggyback on that, so there was the data point that really shows the trends of 
consumers recognizing responsibility? Is it in the home or is it with the, with the municipality? And the trends are clearly showing that it's shifting away from the municipality and shifting to the home or bottled water plants. So I'm curious what the thoughts are here of how do you talk about that? How do you see that as an opportunity or threat or just what are your reactions to that? So I'll open it to whoever wants to respond first. So I'll jump in there. I, so I, I think that that's always been the case, right? The, if a consumer is, is paying a utility or a water service company for that water, they believe that historically that the quality should be taken care of there, right? Mm -hmm. That I'm, I'm writing a check, so my water should be of, of a high quality. And if there's a problem, they're the experts. They're going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. Coming from this industry, I've always had in the back of my head this belief that you know, we should all be kind of good stewards of quality and, and take that additional level of, of responsibility for the, the quality. And not just the taste and odor part, but that, that extra level of detail. Um, and I think uh, it, it plays to the stat on testing. So many of the so many of the, the folks in the in the study, uh, you know, say they, they haven't had their water test. So I, I think it's an out of sight, out of mind type of context. Mm -hmm. what, what I don't know, uh, I'm going to leave to the municipality, and hopefully they they're they're doing what's in my best interest. Right. Go ahead, Shannon. <laughs> One of the pieces that I want to make sure that we mention here is the number of folks in the United States that are on private wells. There's 15 to 20% of the population, which represents 35 to 40 million people that are in private wells. And in, in addition to municipalities, these folks on a private well are becoming more aware. We're seeing over the last eight years, I'll say, much more aware of, hey, there's something I should look into. How do I go about doing this? And with that awareness, they're seeking information, they're making phone calls, they're trying to address some of these things. And to be able to recommend if someone's on a private well, as you mentioned, water testing, we want to make sure that we've got at our fingertips uh, a recommendation of a laboratory that you have confidence in that is going to give a, a good price and accurate data um, and some guidance on what to do. So knowing if someone asks you, where should I get my water tested, know where your local place is that you can get that done. And then once those results come in, you know, be able to sit down with that homeowner, review, because they're going to be concerned about that drinking water. We also have learned through some of the Flint studies that water, pun intended, is fluid. And so what we see in Flint is the exact same home over a period of time, 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, might not have any lead, but then all of a sudden there's a sample where they have this huge spike. So it's not something where the water that you tested at that one point in time is going to be exactly what's happening throughout the entire day or through the whole week. And that's some of the things that people are becoming aware of and they want to have that protection for their family because of that awareness. This, this uh, increase in awareness of water quality is not going to, it's not going to change course. It's going to continue to get better and better and better for us as, as an industry, people are going to become more aware. It's just, it's, it's the way things evolve. A little quick story, back when I was a kid, if I got a, a Pepsi or a Coke or a, a Mountain Dew, that was awesome. It was a treat. It was something special. Come my kids, 
we would have the kids over there, their friends, they would come over. And so we as good parents would, would get them, you know, the two liters of soda, and the, you know, and, and the kids didn't want the soda. They said, can we just have water? We just take cold water. And it's like, we're like, we're doing something special for these kids. They didn't want it. And, and you continue to watch this. It, it's evolving toward now, not just water, it's good, good water or water that is more highly refined. And it, it, it gives us better coffees and teas and drinks. This is not going away. It's, it's an education that's happening. And we can all look around and say, or I remember the day, I didn't know what an RO was. I didn't know what, I just didn't know. And so the consumers, the public in general is becoming more and more aware. And so it's gonna get easier, but now we need to be the professionals and completely understand it. So being here and getting the technicals of all the, the contaminants, understanding it, and then doing it, presenting it ethically, we, we come out winners. I'm going to ask one more question on the panel, and then we're going to open up to questions from the audience. So get your questions ready, and we'll have a roving mic. So raise your hand when we're ready, and we'll bring a mic to you. Um, so the question I have is, we're able to drill down into this data. So we can look into it as demographics and really get a good look at uh, certain aspects. And so one of the things we were able to drill down into is, those that own water treatment and what are some of the demographics that it fall under. And we found that it's mostly college educated and affluent are those that own water treatment. And I'm curious what the reactions to that are. Are there changes to marketing, changes to sales tactics? Just curious what, what the reactions of the group here are. Um, maybe if we want to start over at Shannon. Sure, and one of the, one of the other pieces in light with that as well is that um, there's an overwhelming majority that think that the federal infrastructure spending should include water treatment solutions. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I bring that piece up because I think everyone has probably heard about the Healthy H2O Act that the WQA and the industry is working on. I believe that to be a big piece of what our future is and the shift of us providing water so that it tastes better to us providing products to provide health and safety uh, final barrier type uh, applications. So working with myself personally in the state of California, up in Sacramento, driving uh, that home so that we get support with that healthy H2O Act, which will help provide funding for specifically these low economic areas where a lot of times they really need to have that. Um, in the state of California, they have a safer program where the state is appropriating money every year specifically for low-income uh, housing and, and areas that just don't have water, very good water quality. Um, so there's, there's more and more of that federal funding, and I think we need to make sure that we're supporting that healthy H2O Act so that that money becomes available. Very similar to a solar type program or hot water research uh, pump type programs where there's money available for the homeowner to do these installations. And the awesome piece of the healthy H2O is that it's not just the installation, but it also includes professional installation and two years worth of maintenance. Excellent. Any other reactions? I have, I have a comment. I'm not sure I'm gonna answer the question. In my, in my observation, um, 
it has been that inner cities, we just do not do well at doing business. And, and so we know there's, there may, there's, some, there's some income disparities there. And I, I say, is it, is it that or is it home ownership? And, and we know in, in our world, people that are owning homes are the ones that are saying, you know, I'm going to step up and take more responsibility for my water. And homeowners obviously are, there's a little more money flowing around possibly than the low income. And uh, so it's, it, they have more disposable income. And so I, education and home ownership, I'm sure follows suit. Um, but I just found the home ownership is, is where I see the big, the big change where someone owns their home, they're ready to take more responsibility for the quality of their water. And that was from our panel discussion at the 2023 WQA Convention and Exposition in Las Vegas in April. Go to episode 325 for part one. And to download your own copy of the Consumer Opinion Study, go to wqa.org cos. And our WQA Motivational Minute. What's your 80-20? I was reminded of Pareto's principle recently, and I had to admit I had not paid much attention to the truth of that maxim. You'll recall the 80-20 principle holds that about 80% of the value of just about anything comes from 20% of the causes or inputs. For example, 80% of revenue tends to come from just 20% of customers. 80% of complaints come from 20% of customers. 80% of the value of a book comes from just 20% of the pages, and so forth. Well, if that's the case, and I'm sure there are exceptions, it uh, makes sense to take stock and see where you're focusing your time. If you haven't thought about it, what 20% of your time is giving you 80% of your best results? And can you do more of that and less of something else? Is there a way to adjust your schedule, your priorities, your interaction with your employees so that you are engaged with the most important tasks? Why don't you give it a try? And our WQA tip, WQA members can access two new member resources that can address the growing interest in PFAS as well as underscore their commitment to the WQA Code of Ethics. Dealers interested in a leave behind for customers on the topic of PFAS can download a new one-pager, What You Need to Know About PFAS. The brochure answers such questions as, what are PFAS? Does your drinking water contain PFAS? And if PFAS are found in your water, what can you do? In addition, a new poster highlighting a member's commitment to the WQA Code of Ethics is available to download as well. The poster uses the illustration of a compass to depict WQA's commitment to the highest principles of honesty, integrity, and professionalism. Go to wqa.org for both resources. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio 
on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at wqa.org and, of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.